Listening to the Blockade Podcast. I believe this is podcast number 18. Amazing. Yes. How about we got that? Here. I don't know how. We got the, I, and you know, because 18 is such a significant number to get to. Yeah, it is. I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> the voices you are listening to, myself, I am Shut Your Trap, aka Chris Rebus. The other voice you have just heard is uh, Jared Morgs. Your favorite convict from the Down Under Land. Also joining us is uh, Bonzo from Germany. Uh, oh, actually, no, Bonzo is down with the Lurgy, the dreaded Lurgy at the moment, so he's not going to be joining us today. Oh, okay, well, that's no more time for Jeff Strong. Uh, actually, Jeff's not feeling the greatest either, so he's had to bow out as well. Ooh, well, hey, you know who will love to take advantage of the extra time? That'd be Sean Don Carlos. Uh, yeah, sorry, Chris, he's, he's really flat out with work at the moment, so he's not joining us either. Okay, so it's the uh, Jordan <laughs> Chuggy Traps morning show. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't have any, you know, clown horns or anything to squeeze. <laughs> well, Jeff, can you add those in later? Thanks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Note to the sound editor. <laughs> Those all that good stuff. <laughs> well, that's okay. We will make the best of the uh, time possible, and uh, and uh, I'm sure. Don't worry, kiddies. They'll be back soon enough. Maybe don't worry, guys month. and yes. girls. We'll find it in today. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we uh, why don't we jump right into it, Jared, and uh, talk about uh, last month. Our little tourney. Oh yeah. Uh, what that that two and done thing or whatever it's called. You know that I one. D- I don't. I don't know what a two and done thing is. You, you're yeah, talking uh, about the table of the mo- or tournament of the month. T-O-T-O. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That thing. Yeah, yeah. That. Yes. Presented that. by the blockade, which would be us. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. With, yes. With cool prizes. Tournament of the month. Yeah. With occasional, with occasional cool prizes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this next and... month's prizes are uh, falling out, but last month's prize, <laughs> we gave away, uh, we gave away papers, please. Um, papers, please. Papers, mm. please. And the month before that, we gave away, uh, of course, a copy of the Adams Family, a digital download of that. So we'll see yeah, where we go cool. from there. There, there. Somebody made a suggestion that maybe we should have uh, uh, the winner. Or again through random drawing or whatever, be able to join us on the blockade. Um, oh yeah, that that could oh. be interesting for maybe thirty seconds. <laughs> well, it could be. We'd have to, um, I, I, you know, it's it's good to have you know guests on, special yes. guests. So maybe you know we could um, have a chat to the winner and see if they'd want to come on, or you know, give can, them a can screen we, can we, first. Can we do a uh, uh, an email chat with them and have Bonzo read them again? Because I couldn't get enough of yeah. that. That kind of worked well, didn't it? Yeah. Everyone's going to sound like a German, but <laughs> that's okay as well. <laughs> International flavor. That's all. That's right. That's right. We, we like so, to cater uh, for all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, April Tournament of the Month, this, uh, this featured the tables of Whitewater, Black Knight 2000, Bride of Pinbot, and Theater of Magic. 
And uh, as it as it fell out, our uh, top three placers. Number three was Rush Dude twenty one twelve. Second place went to of all people Jared Morgs. Yeah, again, Didn't I don't you know how that you were going to be giving away your place. You know, like you were going to be plummeting down the ranks, and here you come in in second. No, I think that I think that was um, um, Bonzo said that last time he was going to um, let it slide this this year, but no, that wasn't me. I'm, oh, I'm gonna let, I was okay. going to forge full strength through. I don't know what happened, but right. yeah, I managed to sneak in miraculously to um, second place, which strangely enough sort of foretold how I was going to do my my actual tournament as well. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that the, later. The uh, yeah. But congratulations need to go to our first place winner, who was Gus. And this marks Gus's second time in the uh, top three. Gus is a man of consistency. Uh, Isn't he, though? You know, yeah, it, it's and, good. And wouldn't it's... you know it, those consistencies have uh, helped him in the season two date standings, which uh, let's run through those real quick, eh? Why don't mm. we? Let's do uh, that. So Gus is uh, number one with 112 points for, uh, for the season so far. Mm. Uh, Jay Pelter. Coming in at number two with 108 points. And yep. then we have Jared Morgs, 107 points. Dude, you're you're like right there in the running. Here I am, folks. The convict uh, from down under, representing on the leaderboards for the Southern Hemisphere. Number four is uh, Eldar of Suburbia at 106. So look at that point spread. 106 points, 107 points, 108 points. And here's the fun part. Next month, the tournament for May, which will be uh, coming up on May 30th, um, that puts all four of you guys into the put up or shut up put round. Put up or shut up. Yeah. Wherein whoever comes in last place only gets four points and loses six points on the leader. So, which is a big gap with the sort of spacings that we've got at the moment. Big so, gap. so yeah. you guys could you could conceivably easily jump up to number one, or conceivably jump all the way down to number four real fast. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what we actually select as the um, as the put up or shut up table. There's a lot of conjecture about that at the moment, isn't there? There the is indeed. Uh, let me let me wind up this uh, top ten and then let's go into that. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Uh, number five so far in season standings is uh, Dylan H at 104. Tied with him is In Vitro at 104 points. Then we have Pinball Wiz 45B at 102 points. Uh, coming in at number eight, Captain Bazaar at 101 points, followed by Viking Eric <laughs> with 100 points. And this is Viking Eric who he likes to just like you know skip tables, so he's mm. handicapping himself and still in the top ten. Um, we, we, there's we have some thoughts about that for next season. Also, just beware, Viking Eric. <laughs> you might have spoiled <laughs> it for everybody. Um, and then rounding out the top ten, uh, shoving me out of the top ten, Bonzo. So he didn't do. Horrible enough. I did worse than him this last month, and he bumped me out of the top ten. So, though that is our uh, top ten. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the, the yeah, let's talk about the the possibilities of the put up or shut up round for the May tournament. Uh, my thoughts were to be either between Whirlwind or Centaur, and then somebody made a pitch for having it be. Um, Monster Bash. It's Monster Bash. Yeah, Monster Bash, which is, of all things, I kind of thought would be the last thing that you want to put up or shut up around in because it's kind of consistent. I mean, like, how you play it, you can play it fairly consistently. Mm. I think that's where our our, um, 
feelings about put up or shut up differ. Um, so for the Blackheads feelings versus the Forens feelings. And I think, you know, Centaur and what was the other one again? Centaur and Whirlwind. Whirlwind. You see, yeah, these two tables, uh, they're either going to kill you and <laughs> oh, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. Time. You're going to die. <laughs> Or they're going to yield a phenomenal game. And I've had some. I've had 99 that weren't, but then I had one that was great. And this is the case the center. So I kind of like the, the, the pure sort of chance aspect of it. You walk up to a table in a tournament in real life, you don't know how the thing's going to play. Exactly. You know? So you want to walk up to it, and the four best players walk up to this table, right? Uh, and they play it, and how it goes down is how it goes down, regardless of whether it's known to be a consistent table or not, is immaterial, right? Well, because, I mean, and I have had it where I've had, you know, where I'm up against the top 10 player, and it's, it's you know, some of these tables, you know, like, say, Harlem Globetrotters, or um, uh, just last month I played Cleopatra, and this happened, where it's a five-ball table, obviously a table from the 70s, and I watched this top 10 guy. He had three house balls in a row. I mean, where he literally did not get to flip. Yeah. And, and, and it, happens, although right? that's, it happens. And although it's mean to me, that's the beauty of a real table because yes. sometimes, you know, just off the plunge, wicked things happen or, or an anomaly on the table, you know, makes the ball go wonky and 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 there it goes and that's why i was leaning towards centaur and whirlwind because in the pinball arcade they do have a habit of doing that they don't feel like they're so much on rails for for where the ball is going to go um particularly things like centaur as well because it's outlanes like you you know you can save them from the outlanes but sometimes for whatever reason you just can't save them like it's you cannot do it it's like the ball has to travel down those outlanes in a particular sort of path and then it will actually contact with the bumper then you can actually bump it back in i've never found to be consistent so that's a bit of a variable element to that table if you think that you're playing it safe on those two tables there's still not a safe way to play i mean even with i with whirlwind just you know with it being our our previous uh, table of the week where I had the two balls locked. I had the the ball in the launch. Boom. I launched the ball. I get multi-ball started. And literally all three balls went in the outlanes without me so much as flipping. <laughs> because they bounced off of each other and, you know, in, in a wacky way. And boom, two went out. And then another one hit the bumper wrong. Out it went. And it, yep, I was see just, you later. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's pinball. Um, that's pinball <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm sure that's not what you said when you when it happened to you but <laughs> yeah that is pinball. yeah 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 some uh, some mildly harsher words might have come out of my mouth um yeah. but we also had somebody talk about that we should have cue ball wizard be the uh put up or shut up and, and i don't quite understand what the logic behind that one was whether it's because just nobody likes playing it much or <laughs> um, well i yeah i'm i'm not sure either i i Sort of had been that one I don't, that, that thread. Yeah, that one I kind of was like, and because it really is a one-shot table. Yeah, that ramp. Um, uh. Yeah, it's just it's all about the ramp, and you know, you don't half the time when the mode starts, you're just kind of like, I'll just wait out the mode. It's not even worth yeah. going for because it'll be re, it you know, result in instant death. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's one of those tables that's I reckon Centaur for for me would be the one to pick. Um, it's also fun to play as well. Isn't it? Um, 
Yeah, I think. Like, because you, you start the multi-balls and, you know, it's one of the very early tables with a pretty amazing multi-ball on it with, like, yes. a whole lot of stored balls. And that's pretty cool. When you get them all going, it's pretty crazy. You know, I am um, a ramp addict, but oh, yeah. Centaur, I don't, it, it's got just such a great layout that I don't it even does. mind it not having a ramp. Yeah, it's for me, it's it's a table that I, I, mean, I go back to a fair bit in, in TPA because it is, it's... There's something about it. it's got drop targets everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's got you know, and you know, well, I, I way, love a good the, stacked the, bank. Uh, the going for the queen's chamber to me is very similar to going for a ramp shot. Yeah, it is because uh, you got to hit it multiple and, times to build it up. Yeah, and the same yeah. thing on the on the the right hand side. You know, on the upper, there's that lane to shoot in for uh, uh, doing a, a. It seems like it's a timed release of an extra ball. Um, yeah, or, excuse me for a multi ball. Although I never hit it because I can't get control of the ball before the light blinks out, um, but both yeah, of those kind of yeah, both of those feel like ramp shots to me, and I think that's what it is. Even though it's a completely flat table, I wind up playing it like it is ramps and get a good time. Yeah, out of it. yeah, it's good. Like it's it's got its merits for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'd I'd lean towards Centaur as the the put up or shut up. But that's yeah. Just me course by the time well no i shouldn't say by the time it's uh, yeah this podcast will be out before the tournament so uh there's still time to weigh in kid um (laughs) that's right yeah something something in between those two um in other news with the tournament i should say uh the tables that are going to be uh playing this next tournament if i can recall them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no, we just did. We, I'm like, haven't we just been talking about these? Why am I suddenly blanking? Yeah, so the tables are going to be um, Whirlwind, Centaur, uh, Cue Ball Wizard, and Monster Bash. Um, make yeah. sure that you sign up. Uh, sign ups are going to be on Wednesday, the 27th mm-hmm. through uh, that Friday, except for, for people like Jared, which will be Thursday through Saturday because yes. he lives That's right. on the other side of the exactly. house. Yes. Um, and then uh, the actual tournament starts on Saturday the 30th. It'll start uh, probably around 8 a.m., maybe uh, an hour earlier, depending on how early I get up um, and push the little button that activates that you can enter scoring. And then it ends uh, 12 hours later, 10 p.m. And the part that I'm thoroughly excited about is Ksenia has been diligently working on the tournament spreadsheet for me to use. And his latest version, I kid you not, I was able to run the entire tournament and do a fake posting on TPA in 10 minutes. 10 so, minutes? 10 minutes. <laughs> it, oh, I was able to just blister through it. And he's made it so simple because basically every, I think this is like build 28. I mean, this is how many builds he's gone through. You guys have no idea the amount of work Cassania has been doing on this. And yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. It, it's really impressive. And every single time he'd go to build, I'd be like, okay, but uh, you know, this one part for me, I just keep on forgetting to push this button or keep on forgetting to do the order and be like, okay, no, 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 no problem. I got that covered. And the next time I'd put a build, they're basically what I call idiot buttons. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he idiot buttoned this thing that I'm pretty convinced if we just pulled one of you guys randomly and said, here, run the tournament that with no more than five minutes of instruction, you too would be able to run the tournament. That's how awesome he's made the spreadsheet. So I can't wait to uh, actually really, really run it and and see uh, see how it goes. Because uh, last time we had some, um, some little, uh, uh, 
I don't know what you'd call it, uh, banana peels thrown in the uh, floor for us to slip and slide on. Because oh, of right. the 42 that signed up, we had eight people then not post scores, which uh, meant then I had to rearrange um, the brackets. The groupings. The yeah. groupings. And uh, that's the part that it... <laughs> hey, the side bonus was this is what allowed now the uh, spreadsheet to be worked on so well because we put in all these safeguards and ways of making it so that I can easily regroup everybody, at you know, just dragging and dropping and boom, done. It realigns everything, kicks out the new uh, scoring stuff. I probably ran using last month's uh, scores for a fake May version of scoring. I probably mm. ran it maybe a dozen, if not 20 times. And what was interesting was seeing how everybody's placements changed based off of the groups that they were put in. Oh, really? So it really oh, does yeah. matter which group you're in, it, how, it, it how really, the cards fall in the day. It really does matter because sometimes you had these scores that were uh, rather low compared to everybody else's scores, but they happened mm. to be all in the same grouping. And so that low score wound up getting, you know, first place. But then if you look at the overall scores for those tables, which, by the way, we will be posting <laughs> the next time, uh, we'll give you complete breakdowns of uh, how everybody actually really scored on each table. Uh, one more thing that Cassandra put into the spreadsheet. <laughs> um, but yeah. no, it'd be, it'd be interesting how a person, you know, placed first in their grouping, but then you look at their ultimate score and they placed, you know, 20th <laughs> on the table yeah. itself. So, yeah, it's it's... Like I said, it's anybody's game. It's anybody can uh, place high. That's kind of what I like about this. Although your consistent players are consistently near the top, so yeah, that's right. And you see that in in real tournaments as well. You know, there's always somebody yeah. that's just great at playing pinball, and they're always at the top. Yeah, so, yeah. Digital pinball is just like real pinball. You know, except so the uh, know. the the thing that I hinted about that uh, we very well might do for this next season is because um, I found out I almost found out the hard way with the uh, league tournament that I was in that currently we have it if you don't own the table but you enter the tournament and you at least post one score we'll give you the minimum points four points for the other tables where this played havoc happened to be because Viking Eric wound up. Uh, placing based off of his points totals ahead of other individuals, but then I moved those individuals ahead of him because they actually played all four tables. And I didn't think it was fair that somebody that played all the tables would wind up scoring less points than or you know, or fall in uh, like they were tied. I think it was a five way tie. And oh, right. And they, because the one table that Viking Eric happened to play was the put up or shut up table, and he won, that he would then, because he won that, rank higher than the other people that played all four tables. So therefore, I manually bumped him down to the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. But that still puts him, like, you know, right now, he's number nine for the season. Well, I found out that in my league, that's not how they do it, because uh, my league scores the exact same way that we're scoring this. It's if you're not there, you get zero points. And I went, right. ooh, that does add a whole new wrinkle to things. <laughs> so I'm yeah. thinking when we come around to the uh, our second season and we everybody starts brand new with points, that uh, we are going to go to that method. Uh, so you can blame Viking Eric for ruining it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault, Viking Eric. <laughs> you scored too darn good. <laughs> you're, you're making a mockery of us. Um <laughs> 
So um, we don't have, uh, as of yet, a prize. I know that, uh, I believe, uh, Captain Bazaar offered up uh, some Zen tables, I think. But it was oh, for PS4. Cool. Yeah, but it was for PS4 only. And um, based off the fact that we only last month had one PS4 player, <laughs> I that would be that, that would be a pretty easy competition, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I would prefer that. You know, if, if I mean, as much as I appreciate um, the offer, I kind of want a prize that more people would be able to maybe benefit from. <laughs> yeah. Um, that does remind me that for the uh, final tournament of the season. Uh, which will be our July tournament. We are going to be having the uh, Randy Macho Man Savage uh, custom shooter rod head that uh, was designed by Wizard Amusements. Uh, They're giving that for us to give away to anybody, and I have stipulated that you need to have played in at least four of the tournaments. Um, I don't care if you don't have a pinball table. These things are pretty cool. I would love yeah. to just have one sitting right next to my desk or next to my gaming station because it just looks awesome. Come on, it's just the Macho Man. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And um, so, yeah, and it's like, I, I it's like a, a thirty or forty dollar value price. So you know, yeah. nothing to shake your head at. I mean, if you wanted to, and you were good with you know woodworking, you could make yourself a trophy out of it and just stick it into a block of wood and engrave yourself a plaque and make you feel all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're lame, you can just get a piece of foam and jab it into that. <laughs> you could as well. Whatever's, whatever floats your boat, you know. <laughs> so uh, I do encourage if anybody has extra Steam keys or Humble Bundle keys that, uh, you know, they already, they like especially with Humble Bundle, where oftentimes you already own at least one of the games that's in the bundle, but because the bundle is so darn cheap, it's like, who cares? Now you have yeah. an extra key. Yeah, if, you, if yeah. anybody has, you know, that kind of thing lying around that they don't know what to do with and uh, none of their friends want it or whatever. Hey, feel free to contact us. We'd love to give it away as a prize. Um, we'll even let you determine how the prize is given, you know, what kind of random drawing or, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I think with Papers, Please, uh, the, the stipulation was that it was whoever lost the tournament. <laughs> so oh, um, Nice. Which, cool. uh, which uh, sorry, Montana Frank, that you won that, but congratulations, Montana Frank, you won that. <laughs> <laughs> free game is a free game. There's nothing wrong with a wooden spoon. I've got one plenty of times. <laughs> and this so, is what I love about about our tournament, right? We we don't really have any sponsors apart from our good friends at Wizard Amusements, right? And I love the fact that the community just gets behind it and puts up keys and, and like makes it makes it as fun as it is because it, without the community, it just wouldn't be happening. Like. Um, the, the engagement we get from Pinball Arcade fans um, and the people who play in the tournaments, it really is like catching up with 40 of your mates at your right. local um, Pinball Arcade and having a yes. tournament. It really doesn't matter that we're doing it digitally. It's really cool. And I love well, it. Well, it certainly makes it when I read the forums um, you know, in between tournaments that all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's that person's name. Yeah, they were playing in the tournament. And, and, I, and yeah. I, I kind of have a little better connection to uh, you know the mass amounts of random names that you normally see floating around. Um, yeah. It kind of puts a, it's, really not it's, it's not putting a face to it because obviously our faces aren't posted, but it puts a uh, let's say it puts a score <laughs> next to their yeah. name. That kind of go, oh yeah, hey, cool. Um, That's right. That's cool. And uh, hey, who knows? Maybe maybe someday, eventually, maybe 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 there'll be you know t-shirts to be given away too. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we have I, to work on that, right? Yes, <laughs> I, I had a discussion with my uh, friend who um, has helped me clean up the logo somewhat. 
but then he just ripped into it uh, the other day also. All right. Well, See, I think it know, was cool, but I know, do think it was cool. And then, is good. As, and then, as he pointed out, uh, it looks cool when it's nice and big, but when it's but nice when it's and small, small, like most people see it, there's a lot that gets lost on it. And mm. uh, so he was recommending, and I don't know, Jared, have you ever tried anything of this nature? He was saying that there is um, communities online. Oftentimes, they do it with Photoshop, where somebody will, you know, post a picture and say, "Hey, can somebody Photoshop me?" You know, in the Andes. And you know, then, you know, <laughs> yeah, then yeah, also you know, people do that. Well, apparently, he said that uh, there's also uh, arenas where you can do that with logos, and you can say, "Hey, I've got twenty bucks. Can somebody design me a logo?" And yeah, yeah, you know, some people will jump at that opportunity. You know, it's like they just enjoy doing this kind of thing. Other people will be like, oh, "I don't do anything for that cheap," but hey, that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's this is what you have to put up, and you know, let's see what somebody can come up with. And it becomes one of those things where it's, hey, if you don't like it. You don't use it. You promise not to, you know, download it anyway. Um, <laughs> but if you like the logo and you then feel like using it, then you, you know, kick over the money. And yeah, uh, and so he was kind of pointing out that you know somebody with an actual design background, not just me that happens to have Adobe Illustrator, <laughs> that, that they can actually design you know something that would maybe look you know take some of the cues that are in our logo and make it look somewhat professional. Um, yeah. I do enjoy our logo, but I also recognize all the flaws that he pointed out in it. So, anyway, someday we'll have something going on that. Uh, someday, can... any time now, real soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have to okay. work out the logistics of actually shipping T-shirts around the world because that's really <laughs> easy. <laughs> uh, Anyhow, well, let's that's a, that's let's a... listen enough enough blathering about this. Uh, let's move on to <laughs> time for Jared Tech Talk. Sorry, if I had an echo That's button, right. I'd use it, but, uh, you know. But we don't have echo buttons. We don't. We don't. Um, one we'll, we'll one just... other thing we've been discussing about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We need some better tech. You know, if we're 18 episodes in, you'd think we'd be more professional at it by now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we were actually willing to, you know, drop 20 bucks, we could actually make this show sound like a real show, but... 20 bucks? 20 bucks? What do you think we are, beta buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm going on GoFundMe. Um, <laughs> Kickstarter. Hey, if if these people can do it with you know you know getting donations for doing Twitch broadcasts, um, yeah. or setting up <laughs> pinball game rooms, like what a scam! Like, yeah, I'd like twenty pinball machines so I can do broadcasting on Twitch. <laughs> well, dude, <laughs> Give me some okay. money. <laughs> Sorry, uh, 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 tangent. Um, so. <laughs> So just just this morning, my my son loves watching uh, uh, what they call them uh, uh, play with me videos or uh, uh, let's play. Excuse me, let's play oh, videos. Yeah. So it'll yep. be you know particular video game. And so he watches Minecraft games and uh, Plants vs Zombie, and uh, uh, now he's watching Terraria. And, you know, he just watches basically other people play video games. And so yep. I was commenting to him about how. Uh, I'm like, when do these people, you know, I, when do they have the time to play all these multiple games and everything? And then I was like, oh, yeah, they treat it like a job. And mm. so my, my son goes, you know, I think I'd like to be a YouTuber someday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, this is actually a job category. This is something to aspire to. Is it's a university degree you can get to become a YouTuber? Because I think exactly. I missed it. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's, that's all fine and dandy. But, you know, by the, you know, in the, uh, six or seven years before he's able to actually have his own account 
and do this kind of thing, who knows, the whole world might have changed again. So, no, it will. <laughs> you know, it will. But yeah, it's funny, right? Yeah. So, Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jared. This is, this is something that um, some people have said they wanted to hear more of on the podcast. Like I've got some feedback that when I started talking about some tech, uh, technical aspects in the past that they really wanted to hear more. So I'm going to test it out, see what you guys think of it. I'd love to hear some feedback on it. Um, I'm going to try and pitch it at the, the right audience here. If I'm not getting that right, tell me also. It's just, I don't know. I've never done this before as far as talking tech. I'm a pretty big geek as far as Android goes, but... Um, uh, yeah, just let me know what you think in, in the um, forum or on Twitter uh, at Jared Morgs. Uh, so what I want to talk about today, this is uh, riffing off some of the stuff I've documented in the uh, Android User's Guide for Pimble Arcade. So this first one, which I think is probably one of the most important things if you're using Android, is to understand how Google Play Games works on Android. So is Google Play Games, uh, just so that, you know, it's here, I'll be the idiot. Um, okay. <laughs> and interrupt. Google Play Games is that kind of like uh, the Game Center on iOS? Yeah, absolutely, like Game Center. From what I've heard, it's Google's okay. way of of sharing scores and and backing up data in Android apps, and it's pretty prolific on on Google Play Store now. Lots of apps utilize the system, and um, it's really really good for learning about what your friends on Google Plus are playing. Um, like I actually discovered some really awesome games because some of the people I follow on Google Plus were playing them, and so it's all about discovery. I, I'd assume that's kind of like what Game Center does as well. I'm not. Does it kind of does it pop up when they start playing a game? You know, pop a little box saying, "Oh, so and so is playing this game," or how does Ooh, that? Oh no, that sounds cool. So it actually well, gives you Steam, like a... that's what Steam does when you're oh, when, whenever you log okay. into Steam. I mean, like as soon as my PC turns on, it logs me into mm. Steam, and then whenever somebody that I have on my friends list is playing a game. I get a little tiny box saying they're playing such and such and such. And it has made me go, Oh, well, you know, there's like six people playing this game. Maybe I should check it out. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I'd like that as a feature, Google, if you're listening, because you would be <laughs> listening to our podcast. <laughs> so yeah. So Google play games. So, um, back when Earthshaker was released for, um, for pinball arcade, um, a pretty long-standing request was implemented, which was Google Play Services, this is what it's called, but most people just call it Google Play Games. Um, and it was great because there's a number of things um, to do with uh, the mobile platform, particularly in Android, um, that make it uh, a very important feature to have. And um, shout out to um, uh, Scott Umble, our legendary Android developer for pushing this in because it wasn't <laughs> when I made the request <laughs> silly non-developer me I was going oh yeah you know Google Play Games here's a docs you know make worky six to eight weeks it'll be fine <laughs> make worky exactly it's just like the worst thing you can say to a developer I didn't really say it like that but you know I, I made it sound a lot easier than it probably should have been and you know after he actually got in there and implemented it it was nowhere near as easy as he thought like there's a lot of stuff that you have to set up to make google play games work you've got to have you've actually got to make icons for the achievements and you know you've got to uh and i mean we've got 10 different achievements for each table in pinball arcade so he had to make a decision there to actually group them in lots of five because you know there's a there's a cap on the amount of achievements you're going to have for each game of 300, I think, and you know even with 50 tables we're up to like 500 um, achievements. So there was no way he could actually imp implement like a flat structure um, for achievements, which is another thing I've been wanting for a while, but I don't think it's going to ever happen. Um, so 
so yeah, the most important thing that Google Play services offers is the ability to make save games in Pinball Arcade. Now, in the past, you could do this if your Android device had the super user binary added in it. So that's called routing on Android. So you root your device, you get access to the whole system. You can kind of do what you want with it. And when you root your device, you can use things like Titanium Backup and other apps to access protected parts of the system um, of your Android operating system. And the way um, Pinball Arcade had all the local achievements, all your you know standard Wizards goals, all your Hall of Fame points, all that sort of stuff recorded was actually in the system folder of Android. Now the system folder of Android is protected. It's um it's no Android goes no user no normal user should be able to mess around with that part of the operating <laughs> system. So we're not going to let you unless you kind of know what you're doing and by rooting the device. Google say, well, you must know what you're doing, so have at it, <laughs> you know. So um, what the Google Play services allows you to do is it allows you to hook into that um, save games database, which was in a, a very convoluted directory in um, the uh, in the data directory. So it was data, data, comfarsite, Android pinball, Java project, files, save data. So all the way buried six. Yeah, easy to remember, right? <laughs> So, yeah, that's where the local database resides. So what Scott was able to do is he was able to build upon that database, still use that as the way the game detects the achievements and everything in the game, because that's that particular part of the, the app is pretty heavily entrenched in, in the system. It would take Scott a long time, probably, to actually code that part of the database out and and actually make it into exclusively Google Play games. Like it, it, that part of the, the game detects all the hooks that Farsight coded in. Like, you know, uh, there might be a goal attributed to, say, a flashing um, a shoot again lamp, for example. Like if the game sees that lamp solid, it then detects that you've earned the extra ball for the game and awards you that achievement. And oh, that okay. achievement then gets set in that save data database. Um, so now what happens is Google Play Games watches for events in that saved data part of the database and then uh, sets a flag at its end and saying, good, you've achieved that goal. So you've achieved, say, one of five of the standard goals. So once you've achieved all of the standard goals, you get a, a standard goal award on Google Play. Likewise, when you complete all the wizard's goals, you get a wizard goal um, right. on Google so that's pretty easy to understand how that works. Yeah, we get the same the thing, on uh, Steam, and I'm pretty sure that's the same. Well, they're not doing uh, trophies anymore on uh, PS3. Because they've run so, out again. Yeah, they've run out. So yeah, that's a similar problem. Like, uh, yeah, you, you, you tend to run out of achievements pretty fast. I mean, there's a lot of tables in, in TPA now, so it's it's starting to stretch the... Um, stretch the possibilities as far as a lot of these like achievement-based systems work. Well, so. it's certainly a unique um, game in that respect because most games, uh, even with downloadable content, uh, they don't have monthly downloadable content that has no. its own group of trophies again. I mean, you know, at most, a game might dump, say, maybe that would be a, a, a large game adding stuff would be maybe three, four. Yeah. You know, if you're doing maps or whatever, th there would be yeah, exactly. maybe achievements attached to a map, but it's not going to have, you know, accelerate into the hundreds. 
And then the only other, to me, the only other game that kind of is like TPA with the monthly add-ons and stuff would be your your rock band kind of games where it was music, but yeah. they never had goals attached to each song. So, no. uh, yeah, TPA kind of is its own little uh, unique animal, which is probably why none of the uh, none of the systems are going, oh, let's bend over backwards to fix that for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting edge case, I guess, uh, as to how those systems are utilized. So, yeah. So, yeah, so we've got access now to save games. So for most apps on Google Play, um, the expectation is if you see the little cloud save logo on the game, um, you expect that, uh, oh, actually, if you see achievements and leaderboard and you also see like a, a cloud save or the possibility of cloud save, Users generally expect that to be automatic and it's like, great. As soon as they earn an achievement, that gets backed up to Google Play. And if I ever have a complete device meltdown and I have to you know, buy a new device, I'm not going to lose any progress. Oh, okay. Well, it's not, how, it's not how it works in TPA. It's a bit opposite to how that works. So in TPA, because of that local database... Uh, still being used and it's not completely relying on on Google Play games, that local database is intrinsic to the way that achievements are um, awarded still. So if you lose that local database on your device, you lose all your local progress. And um, unless you have a save game profile backed up to Google Play games. Now, I've heard on the forum a number of different users getting caught out by this, and it's so frustrating because... You, you think everything is being done magically, automatically in the background, and then you, f- you find out the hard way it's not. And this reason, this, this particular point um, that I'm making here is the reason why I made that Android users guide because it was catching out so many users mm. because in the, in the app, there's, there's no real user assistance for that feature. It's sort of like, hey, save games. It's there, but there's no um, indication of just how important it is for you to actually do something with. So so it's your 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 phone falls into the water. <laughs> you're like, "Oh darn, that's okay. All my pictures were already backed up to to the Google Cloud. You go buy your yep. new phone, you you uh, sign up your account name. Hey, look, there's all my pictures. You go and play uh TPA and you're like, "Oh, it's the end of the world." Yeah, that that Lyman's lament achievement. See you later, sport. You're gonna have to earn that one again. <laughs> have fun doing that. So this is the 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 advice to people who play on Android and who may not even be aware of the save games feature and how important it is. Make yourself a save games backup at your earliest opportunity, <laughs> so you don't lose any of your local progress. The great thing is that if you do use the save games feature you can transfer your goals between devices. So say you've got, for example, a Nexus 5 or a Nexus 7, you can transfer your achievements between each device and sort of make running backups of them. So that's kind of cool that you can do that now. And um, so all you need to do is um, you just need to go into... There's a On the main screen, most Android users would have seen this menu already, but there's a big Google Play button right on the main screen where you go into your tables and tournaments and stuff like that. So you just tap that button, you then tap save load, and then you tap save new game. And that's all you have to do. It'll make a save game entry and you're done. So the problem is that that's not automatable. You can't automate that. So you can't say every week, make a backup. 
or you know, every time I earn achievement, trigger that backup service. It's all manual. Again, that's another bit of a another thing that I'm not particularly sure is a great way of implementing it, but it is what it is. So you just need to work around it. Um, so what I usually do is every time there's a um, a new DLC released, I use that as a reminder to back up my local achievements. So it's sort of like a manual backup okay. job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just an easy way of remembering it. Um, there's a bit of a trick too to deleting the save game profile um, as well because there's a, an upper limit of three save game profiles um, that you can save in Google Play games. That's actually not a Google Play limitation. That's a, a Farsight limitation. They've made it three only. Um, it, you can have a lot more if you want, but they haven't decided to do that. Um, so you will get to the point where you need to delete a save game at some point, and there's a bit of a trick to it um, because if you tap Google Play, then save load, and then just touch anywhere on one of the um, the save game tiles, that'll actually load the data, <laughs> not give you an option to delete it. It will load it immediately. So if you've got a, a two-month-old save game profile there, and you're going, oh, I want to delete that one, and you tap on it, boom, all your progress that you've done in two months is gone. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, not ideal. So the way you work around that, there's a little action overflow button, which is an Android. Android users will know what this is. It's like these little three vertical dots. You tap that, and that hidden in that menu, a very it's a very small little button on the tiles. They'd be very precise when you touch it. Um, the um, there's a a delete button in there, and that's where you delete it. So you just be a little bit careful when you want to go and delete your profiles. Um, I brought up that point in the forum, and it turns out that other games in Google Play, um, you can actually customize how those save game tiles are displayed in app. So you can actually have clear load and delete buttons and things like that on there to make the user experience a lot easier for customers. So I think that, you know, as a continuous improvement activity, that's something that um, Farsight could and Scott could actually take a look at um, and make that a little bit more intuitive for users. Um, so yeah, that's that's a bit of a an overview of uh, Google Play services and how you should be using it in game. So in short, back up your data; otherwise, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> you know, the, it kind of reminds me of um, just with with all those steps to do to make the game uh, not necessarily function, but make your you know one less headache or whatever. But it kind of is the the argument that I used to have with consoles versus uh, PC in terms of playing games. Mm. Whereas my argument for always being on a console was it's so easy. You know, you throw in the disc and it just works. You know, you're not having to deal with graphic settings. You're not having to deal with, you know, what is my current CPU running at? Um, You know, there's nothing you, all you do is you push, you would push save. Boom. It's saved. You would do, you know, you don't have to do anything. It's done for you. And of course, yeah, the sacrifice right. to that is you're locked into its environment and you don't. Yes, that's right. So I have uh, been over the past year, been playing much, much more on the PC than I have been on my PS3. Um, mm. Part of that is just because I haven't been interested in any games that were on the PS3. Uh, Part of that is the TV that I have it hooked up to. Um, 
you can't display 720p. You can only do 1080i. And there's a lot yeah, of games right. that uh, it's either 720p or welcome to 480p. So no, <laughs> the graphics weren't looking as sharp and awesome and stuff. Um, and then it was just the fact that I finally had a PC that could actually, you know, had a good graphics card and could run things. Um, and so I've been playing more on the PC, but the flip side, the evil side of that is I've been getting introduced to the settings menu and going, mm-hmm. what in the hell am I supposed to do in here? I don't know what MSAA is and I don't know what, you know, you know, shadow detail and all these other things. And, you know, and I'd like, I'd be like, Oh no, I've got a, I've got a good graphics card. Let's turn them all on high. And then I go to play the game and it's like stuttering. I'm like, okay, so apparently I can't do that. Now what do I back off? You know? And and to me, it's now a two day ordeal of trial and error. (laughs) Um, but yep. welcome to the PC. Exactly. But the interesting thing is, like, I did. Uh, well, Steam had it on sale uh, a few, probably a month or so ago, and then I just noticed Humble Bundle is doing it this weekend. Which, by the time this podcast goes out, will no longer exist. But anyway, they were having a uh, Rockstar sale, so they had GTA Three, Vice City, San Andreas, uh, GTA Four as well as uh, two DLC packs for 10 bucks. Far out. What a bargain. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you know what? I, even though I've played these all on the PS3, it's been years, and I thought, oh, what the heck? Just Let's get it. it. Just get Insta-buy, it. right? So I, lo- I go to load up GTA 3, and holy crap, it looked hideous. It was... <laughs> It was like 680 graphics, you know, it was low res and it wasn't meant for widescreen. So everything was oval and stretched. It was just, I'm like, no. And so I guess it was a direct port from the PS3. Yeah. But here's where the beauty of the PC is, is welcome to mods. (laughs) All right. And wouldn't you know it, there was a mod out there to fix the entire thing, make it in high-def graphics. Um, it fixed all the bugs that were in the PS3 version. It um, corrected a couple of other you know bugs that were in it. Then it winds up, I find out that in Vice City, that they had lost uh, Steam, had uh, when it went to Steam, that they lost the license to a bunch of the music. And the music in that game, well, all the 80s music. It makes it. it. It makes the game. I was like, what? Totally. Well, yeah. Well, they, the modders went and they got all the music from the original release and yep. <laughs> threw it back in the game. So basically, I've got the best versions of the game. And that's just me running it as the game should be. Then there's all the mods that you know rack on all the extra graphics and the extra madness, which I haven't even dealt with there. But it is this weird reality of, man, you got to jump through some hoops to get it going on. It's great once you get it going. And thank God for Google searches telling me how to do everything because otherwise I'd be completely lost because I really don't tinker. <laughs> yeah. Unlike you, yeah, Jared. You just want I, it to work. Exactly. It's, it's pretty much why I am on an iPhone because all the discussions you talk about Android and the things that you can do to an Android and everything, I just kind of go, yeah, I wouldn't do any of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like not brave enough to dive into those waters. Um, but it, it, it's... It's interesting, though, you know, cause like you're saying, it's you can actually improve upon the game because I, I don't know if on iOS what happens if you lose your phone. Uh, yeah, in the I, case I'm not of sure. Yeah, if if that data is saved or not, it's probably so. something you should check <laughs> and don't experiment by going. Oh, so what happens <laughs> if I drop my phone in the water? <laughs> don't oh. do it that way. 
Okay, so so another tangent because I like to do these. Um, so I am I love roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you and me both. Uh, and I have a season pass uh, to this year. I have one to uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain, which here in California it is uh, has seventeen roller coasters. Oh, it's man. second most roller coasters, only to one other park in the country, which is I think uh, Cedar Point, and that's yep. all the way on the East Coast. Um, so anyway, it's a good time to go there. Well, I've been working on a script cause you know, I work in the industry, so I have to have one. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I've been working on a script. I finally finished my second draft and, uh, a partner of mine who has connections that we might be able to, you know, actually see about getting this thing made. Um, we decided we need, we had to take a meeting and I, was like, oh, how true romance of me. Well, let's go meet at Six Flags, because that's where they filmed the one meeting in True Romance. And so we discussed our <laughs> script while riding roller coasters. Um, oh, that sounds awesome. Right, that's what I, I mean, call a boardroom. Exactly, <laughs> right? Well, on the second ride we went on, uh, for those of you that are in California or roller coaster aficionados, the, game, the ride that we rode was X2. It's this extreme, uh, they call it a 4D roller coaster. It's bug nuts and insane. It's great. Good time. Anyway, we get, we go up the second apex. It's not really a drop because of the way you are writing this roller coaster. But anyway, call it the second apex. It's an area where you do catch air. And me and him were riding in the front car. And all of a sudden, I see this white object fly in front of me. Oh. And, I went, and in my head, I went, oh, somebody just lost their phone. And simultaneously, he's sitting next to me. And I hear me go, oh, my phone. Oh, oh no. So... <laughs> To say the least, an iPhone that drops 150 feet down onto asphalt, I don't think it survived. <laughs> no, I, I, that one's a goner. Yeah, even um, if you had a good case on it, like an Otterbox, I think it would still be a goner. I think it would, yeah, I think it would. Now, I haven't talked to him since then because uh, I can't talk to him. Because you probably can't because his iPhone's busted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, know he, I know he submitted into Lost and Found. I'm, we just wanted to see what the if they found the thing because they walk the track or underneath yeah. the track every night. We just wanted to see what it looked like because I was like, "Oh my gosh, can you imagine how shattered that thing must look?" Oh, man. <laughs> but it did. The thing make is, it would probably so. still boot, and you could probably run a backup uh, task from um, iTunes on it. Right, so. it's just the screen that's completely toast, munted. Um, yeah, munted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did go through my thought. I was like, "Oh, that sucks that you have to now pay for a new phone." And then my immediate thought after that was, "Oh, the things that you would have to replace on that." <laughs> you yeah. know all the apps exactly. and all the data and all the it's like and then top the top it off he was like ah oh, i should probably let my wife know that you know she can't call me and then he stops for a minute and he goes i can't I don't know her number <laughs> well no because he could use my phone but he was like i don't know her number he goes oh, i don't know man. anybody's number <laughs> that really sucks see this is, is a cool like... thing about android i don't know if you can do it on ios but you can enable guest mode on your android phone so okay if I smash my Nexus 5 and you've got a Nexus, another Nexus device or any yeah. phone that runs Android 5, I yeah. can say, oh, dude, can, can you do me a solo? Can I just use your phone and I'll just make a guest profile on it and set it up? It just basically sucks all your settings down and all your, I mean, all your contacts and stuff are synced up to the cloud like it would be on iOS anyhow. And you can just make calls and it's just like your phone. Oh, um, that's weird. So, yeah, that's, hmm. it's pretty cool. That so, yeah, that's a handy cool. tip. I'm sure that Apple's done something similar, though, because they're all about the user experience. So yeah. I'd imagine that yeah. would be a thing. 
It'd be yeah, a thing, and cool if thing. I actually you know cared about my phone and learning what it could do, I could probably find out. But <laughs> so so you got your um, your GTA all installed, but I understand yes. that you're on on the pinball side of things. You've been using um, your computer for um, pinball related activities too, in particular uh, something that has a D and an X in it. Followed by the number eleven. Yes, let's talk about let's talk about what Farsight, or more specifically, what uh, Mike Reitmeyer has been doing with our beloved Pinball Arcade on the PC with DX11 dynamic lighting specifically. So, if you've seen any of the uh, clips of the PS4 running uh, Pinball Arcade, you've obviously noticed that it looks crazy amounts different than it does on any other platform. Mainly because the lights are all actually individually working, the table is significantly darker, and my god, it looks so much more like a pinball experience. Um, (laughs) It looks so nice. Yes. So that was basically the baseline, call it. And when we heard about uh, DX11 going into beta, it was basically promised as Oh yeah, we we're gonna basically test it for about a month, and hopefully it'll come out with Cyclone. Well, as you can tell, nice. Cyclone has uh, already come and gone and been released, and uh, Xenon will have been released, and still no DX11. Well, mm-hmm. you can blame us beta testers for that because <laughs> it's all your fault. Because like a pit bull locking its jaws on a harmless chihuahua. Uh, we have not let go and poor Mike we've really just been throwing request after request after request and God bless him if he hasn't been trying to uh, appease us Dragon Force him in yeah so what started off with just him having now it didn't start off quite at PS4 quality Um, there were some Basically, when we got to start baiting it, it was, hey, this is good enough to at least run. Um, but we were able to see quite a lot. And right off the bat, we had the uh, light, medium, dark uh, slider. That's good. Which is good, except for the fact that dark was nowhere near dark enough. And oh. light was as if the sun was 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very washed out. It's very washed out. I don't. I mean, even in full daylight, if you had your pinball table out at high noon in the middle of the street, it would not be this bright. Um, so, but that was where that was where we basically started. And bit by bit, he started, you know, obviously making the lights look a little bit better and everything. Well, the first thing that we were harping about was, "Come on, you got to make it darker. You got to make it darker. You got to make it darker." So he made it a little bit darker. But then among the beta people, some people were like, not dark enough. Other people were like, oh, it was plenty dark. And everybody just kept on saying, come on, it's the PC. Can't we slide these? Can't we slide this? Can't we, you know, because I just want a touch darker and, you know, and whatever. Lo and behold, all of a sudden, we get the light slider that we've been requesting for like two plus years. And wow. it's just a like full that. zero to 100%. Now, 0% still isn't, you know, absolute darkness in the room. That being said... Very dark, and only on a few tables is it an instance where you're like, "Ah, oh, if only it was a little bit darker," because you just want the light show is you know what you're really after. Um, you know, that's when you're talking about tables like Circus Voltaire, where you're just like, "I want it black." <laughs> um, and 
So we got that going on, but then it became a matter of, oh, but you know what? Now I can't see the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the problem. And because if you play a real pinball table, it doesn't matter how black the room is. You know, pinballs are highly reflective surfaces, and yes. all it takes is just a pinpoint of light, and you can spot the pinball. And hey, yep. look, on a machine there, how many pinballs? Points of light are there. There are pinpoints of light mm. everywhere. But yes. the way eleven is working is each individual light is casting a radius, basically. And they can't uh, increase the radius too much. Otherwise, it starts interfering and causing all sorts of other havoc and weird, odd lighting circumstances. Yeah, um, right. So the ball isn't constantly getting that reflection. On top of that, we found out that the ball and its reflectivity is specifically tied to the engine, not to the lighting. Oh, okay. We were kind of like, Oh crap. Well, what are we going to do? Cause we started referring to the ball as the, uh, the (laughs) light sucking orb. (laughs) 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 If you played, if you played uh, phantom of the opera at 0% lighting, you couldn't see the ball. It just right. there's so much black on that table and such a dark table, it was impossible to see. So Mike was good enough to come up with a temporary fix that he called Bright Ball. And I, I'm assuming it's kind of a bit of post-processing, but he mm. put Bright Ball on and suddenly you could see the ball. It's not 100% perfect, but I also have not taken that setting off <laughs> since he introduced it because... Right. I like seeing the ball and it, it looks, it looks good. You can track the ball. That's all I really cared about. It's not a hundred percent realistic, but it's also not something that just like jumps out at you as screaming. Oh, look at how fake I am. You know, it's, it, it works. It doesn't pretty break well. the illusion. As it we keep on saying with digital pinball. And I will more than happily take that over than the light sucking orb. Um, Which does definitely break the illusion. <laughs> yes. And I'll take it until such time as the engine, uh, the, the mechanic, as we like to call him, the man that works on the engine can actually work on uh, a different ball setting. Um, yeah, right. So we got that. Well, we were all happy about that. And then Mike went one step further, and all of a sudden he put in a, uh, a separate slider for bulb brightness. So now oh. not only do we have the room environment, in terms of how dark you can make it, but you have the ability to adjust the bulbs. And why this is important is because on some tables, uh, and this probably is how the how it was done in the artwork, on some of the tables, the lights were significantly brighter and therefore washed out. So you drop the light slider you know, down to 20%, and now you look like you know, an actual incandescent bulb. Well, right, if you cool. dropped it that low on another table, all of a sudden it was like, guy, this thing's barely lighting up. So you'd crank it back oh. up to 50%, 60%, and it would look fine. So what he's done is allowed us the ability to custom customize it to our preferred look. Because there's been some settings that people have you know, talked about in the, in the beta forum about, oh, yeah, I have this setting at 80%. I go and drop it to 80%. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'd have to wear sunglasses. And, you know, and it just looks horrible to me. So, burns my retinas. Exactly. So it's basically allowing us to now have much more customization to it and to make it look the way we want it. Of course, we've now leapfrogged what the Xbox One and the PS4 look like, and I'm sure they're all going to be severely jealous that um, 
you know, we're getting to mess with all these things and probably, you know, the complaints will start as soon as DX11 becomes absolute public and built into the game that they're gonna be like, what about us? Um, but this is the cool thing. It seems like Farsight is really, you know, since the last time we talked, is really stepping up their game and trying to, you know, implement these things that have long been talked. And it's no longer been a case of, oh, well, this is what we'd like to do. It's actually happening. Um mm. And that's why, even though, well, the DX11, it's now a public beta, so you can play it if you want to play it. Um, it's just not, you know, doesn't have all the kinks worked out yet, but it's so worth the wait. It's, I, the, not, yes, the last tournament I played with DX9 on because I was afraid of it ruining my scores if I played in DX11 with, you know, because obviously with the tables darker, it's uh, a little different. Yeah. Well, I have since gotten so used to playing with the DX11 and I went to test something on Whirlwind because there was an issue with sound dropping out for some reason on uh, a quick multiball in DX11. So I tested it out in DX9 and sure enough, it wasn't an issue in DX9, but I couldn't follow the ball anymore because everything is so bright and the lights aren't now catching, drawing my attention to where things are happening. I was, yep. I was losing track of the ball, and I was like, holy crap, I'm already sold. I can't go back to this. I'm now it's permanently... Flat, isn't it? I'm it's now DX11. Flat, but, and yeah, I, you know, I throw on a game like Genie, which, you know, everybody is like, oh my god, can it look any flatter? Hmm. In DX11, it actually has some dimension. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's, it, <laughs> it's adding I'd... new life to tables that you thought that you just hated the looks of, and instead you're kind of like, no, you know what? This is pretty darn cool. Um, on top of that, one of the, oh, well, one of the first things that we, uh, begged for, we was like, can you please put strobe multiball back in? Oh, we have, yes. We have strobe multiball and attack from Mars. Um, Man, that would look it, amazing. It looks great. It's not blinding, which, and I, I had this argument. With on the real game. Yeah. Well, but I had this argument with somebody where I said, uh, in a real game, when it would be blinding, that's because all the room lights are off, right? Yes. Well, if you're playing it at home, what are the odds that you have all your lights turned off and the only thing that's turned on is your computer screen? Yeah, not really. Not uh, really. You know. and, to, and more to the point, that light that is blinking, it's so bright it's like having a flash bulb go off, and that's causing yes. you to have the little blue dots in your eyes. Well, yes. the computer monitor can't really do that with that one isolated light without it uh, kind of unless it did a fake flash. Yes. And I don't and think we also fake, fake fake temporary blindness as well. So it have to exactly. sort of like you know, exactly. wind up the screen a little bit. I don't think we want that because I've played some tables in Visual Pinball where somebody yeah. added an artificial flare and it yeah. annoyed the crap out of me. Um, yeah. So, but the the point is that hey, now the mode actually looks like it's doing something instead of it saying throw a multi ball and you're like, what is any different than what we were yeah. per, you know, previously playing? Um, exactly. It's you know, the no same thing with, uh, yeah, yeah, and the same thing with neon multiball works beautifully. Oh, that would look uh, sweet as well on yeah, CV. It, it yeah. just it just adds so much, and I'm hoping that the added benefit of all of this is since Mike's doing all the work on it on this side, that maybe it'll trickle down into the other platforms. Um, yeah, I think I was thinking respect. this very same thing. Well, when I saw DX11 was getting momentum, it made me think, hmm. And there's a long discussion about um, on Android about um, improving the platform for mobile devices. Yes. Um, and 
this is one of the things that I think Farsight should give consideration to if they're not already, like working out how to actually get a dynamic lighting, even if it's some type of dynamic lighting introduced in mobile, because we've seen it now with, with um, Ask Homeworks offering. And right. yes, there are a number of caveats that you have to understand, you know, that Ask have done there, you know, as far as their game engine and what they're doing with the game. But the technology is out there now that you can do it. So, Well, what they're proving a, here is that you can have both the DX9 build, which will be the, the, the slower or the, the, the lesser build that will run on most machines that are out there, including, you know, anybody that's still wanting, running Windows XP. Hmm. And you have the DX11 version, which will be for your higher. I mean, it's not even it's not even that much of a graphics hog. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been some debate about what level of graphics card you need, but it's not going to cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars to you know step up and be able to use this. And any PC that's been bought within the last year that has more than the motherboard's graphics card on it is probably going to be able to to run this just fine. But but there hmm. you have the choice. You know, you're gonna yeah. they, they're proving that they can run it. You know, deliver both on one platform, two options. And I think if they were able to do that with the mobile platform, that'd be fantastic. And it would. Know, hopefully, this serving as a bed to kind of show that. It really would like um, blow the mobile platforms open. I'm talking about iOS and Android here yes. as well. Yes. Um, you know, iOS have good hardware as well as Android right. now. I'm exactly. running a tablet that has a that's uh, running a Shield tablet, which has essentially got a PC graphics card in it with the K1 processor. Right. right, this thing has just got 182 cores of of graphics <laughs> capability on it. Like, it should theoretically be able to run the PC build if the framework wasn't limited to Windows binaries like DX11. Right. So, if I think the biggest challenge for Farsight, and this is pure speculation on my part because I don't know how everything hangs together, but if the engine dev had to make changes to how the ball was reflecting, then I'd say that it would all come down to how the engine was coded on mobile because we don't have things like um, DX11 um, framework and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff would have to be baked in to the engine itself or they'd have to switch to something like Unity um, mm-hmm. and and develop on that. And again, I don't know the support cross-platform between iOS and Android. So there's a lot of technical challenges that probably even I'm not fully appreciating with with what they need to do to get lighting done. Doesn't mean they shouldn't investigate them. I'm not saying yeah. that at all. But I'd say that there would have to be a fair bit of refactoring to code to actually get dynamic lighting with the current engine that Farsight is using. Well, and here's the thing too. We've heard from um, one or two of the developers at Farsight where they're saying they're really excited about the future. Mm. And it's not just the tables that are coming out, but yeah. what they're planning on doing with the game. And I think we're st- starting to see them commit to this. Um, yeah. Because also just introduced last week on the Xenon beta, they're doing flipper physics. Yeah, and boy, are they and, good, man. Um, <laughs> well, the, the the first beta of it, not so much. <laughs> Let's just say there was a lot of balls going through the tips of the flippers, or oh, you would, right. okay. or the flipper, the, the tip of the flipper felt like it was a sponge. Um, yeah. So the ball would kind of go mush, and then you'd flip, and it'd barely <laughs> flip up. It was very odd, but they're rapidly working on it to the point that uh, some people have the skill. I still don't understand how it exactly works, but doing live catches... Um, I've been trying to do juggling, uh, and it seems to at least work a little bit better than it used to. Um, you know, the ball's not now flying a million miles an hour 
as a, with you know with a real quick press of the button. Um, mm. So hopefully they're working on some of that stuff. But who knew that they were going to be working on flipper physics? You know yeah, that was just I, kind of like thrown into the beta, and you know it's being worked on. So I'm and, hoping you know, it's been something we've been. We've been clamoring for that for like years now. People right. are saying, right. give us the flipper physics. This is, you know, such an important part of the game. The, the flipper is basically the person's hand inside the pinball yeah. machine controlling the ball. So make it awesome. And it looks like they're starting to do it because I've played the yeah, Android so it's, beta. It's, it's really exciting. Is, oh, are they doing it on the Android beta also? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got oh, it on the Android nice. beta at the moment. And it's, it's really good. I've been able to repeatedly, like, within like 70% um, of the time, do drop catches um, nice. and stuff like that. Like, this is good stuff, guys. So thank you yeah. if Farsight is listening to this podcast, which I know sometimes they do in the QE area. Um, <laughs> so shout out to you guys for for listening to us and for getting some time in the schedule to push this stuff in because it really does mean a lot that you're actually doing it. And, you know, good on you guys for, for getting it in there. Uh, we look forward to all the awesome new things you have planned, whatever they are, for the platform, because it's exciting to see stuff moving forward. I know that um, uh, personally, I the uh, the mobile platforms had a release of Scared Stiff that we were talking about last time yeah. um, in the podcast, and I was saying it was a missed opportunity because they didn't fix bugs. Well, turns out that um, the long-standing crate bug, uh, which um, for those of you who didn't catch the last podcast, um, there's a long-standing issue there was a long-standing issue with um, Sketch Stiff that if you shot two balls into the crate, they jiggle around and erroneously all, uh, award you multiple jackpots all the time until they got shot out. So if you get like 10 or 15 jackpots in a row, um, and after giving the guys feedback, I've, I sort of left a review on the Android app, and I, I think I brought it up in one of the, the end that improving the mobile offering thread as well. And I don't know whether it was just a combined approach or that other people were doing it too, but they went and fixed that bug. They actually went and squashed that bug, so you can't exploit that feature anymore. And um, you know, this was a, you know, essentially a low-hanging fruit item that had been identified like at the time that that particular table was in beta, and it just turned out that they didn't have time to fix it then, and it probably just got bumped down the list with all the other DLC packs and stuff that were being released, but. You know, they've got to the point now with, for whatever reason, they can actually address it. And they did. So, again, great work, guys, and listening to the community and listening to feedback. See, so, so, really so everybody that was complaining about us uh, uh, being a little too harsh on Farsight and some of our podcasts, uh, hey, squeaky wheel. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And credit where credit's due. That's the thing. Absolutely. Like, it comes down to actually executing on, on that feedback. And that's what they're doing now. So, we don't have any reason to um, hold, you know, <laughs> Holding a grudge isn't the right word, but, you know, to actually hold back on giving praise where it's due, you know. Not uh, only that, it's... but uh, but uh, you and I, uh, we actually know some of the tables that are coming out. Yeah. We do. Oh, boy. Okay, let's, let's just cut this right now because otherwise I'm going to squeal. Um... Yeah. <laughs> the NDAs can be a curse sometimes, but they're also a delight when you get little tidbits of information that, um, that you um, uh, are very happy to hear about. The, the the suck part is that I feel I can no longer mention any table at all just in passing because the ability of our forum to dig in and try and, you know... Extrapolate. Oh, my gosh. Like they could be titles. detectives, any of them. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden, they'll, like, mention titles and stuff, and you're like, oh, my gosh, did, did I... What, did... No, I didn't what, say was anything. Me? 
I, yeah, I don't think I said it. They, no, no, they're just guessing. Yeah, I don't know. And so now I'm just like, I can't even say a word because I'm afraid yeah. that anything that I, even inadvertently not dropping a hint at all, and it's because I become hyper aware of any other table that's been mentioned. So, you know, yeah. in the past three weeks of the 50 some tables that people have thrown out ideas for, all of a sudden I'll be just kind of like going, I'm Ooh. not going to say a word because I don't want to, even if it's not a table that I know is getting made, I don't want to say anything in case it people winds up being a table that is being made. And then all of a sudden it's, who told you that? And yeah, so it, it kind yeah. of feels the fun of, <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm like, we have to be really serious because, you know, <laughs> NDAs are no laughing matter. Like, no. <laughs> no. I could really have us if we if we yes. do the wrong thing and uh, and breach information. So we've got to be really careful. Like, all the moderators on the forum must sign them because of there's protected areas yeah. on the forum that we, we have to access to do our jobs. But uh, in saying that, it, can, it does kind of take some of the fun out of... Um, being specialist on the forum, forum. <laughs> because you can't you just can't yeah. and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's I mean, a, it's a double about, even when i'm talking about tables that are at my uh league all of a sudden it'll be just like okay do i mention say tables? something because because like i said so, there was now this goes back to uh when the first times one of the first times i visited farsight I was talking about a table that I hadn't even seen at Farsight, nor did I know that Farsight was making. Mm. But I was talking about the table having been at one of my tournaments and being like, oh, this is such an awesome table. Can't wait to see it or whatever. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, that's the next table that's being made. And I'm like, ha ha, you guys are so funny. And and, and because I'm like going, I don't know what, I don't even know what the next table is that's going to be made. And sure enough, it was like the next table that was being made. And I was like, oh my gosh, this looked bad. You know, I'm going to get a message from them going, okay, who told you that, you know, we, you couldn't, I was like, no, I didn't even know, you know, yeah. <laughs> so. it won't be a message from them, it'll be a message from their lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> but that being yeah. said, I can say I'm, I'm rather pleased with the, um, the few titles that have been mentioned to us. It, uh, yeah. it goes to show in- that there is still a lot of life left in this game uh there's some there's some stuff that i'm gonna be very 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 pleased um and i would have no i have no problems immediately as soon as season five is available for pre-purchase you know for the entire season of forking over i'll just say like insta buy yep i I will Um, be insta buying but i usually do anyhow because you know as a uh, doing the beta testing uh i know you kind of have to in order to play the betas (laughs) well yeah we do because you know um (laughs) yeah there's no way they can actually like give us free access to the tables because right. you know you, you've got to pay for them. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that. Glamorous job, you know that. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, hey, speaking of so, playing tables, yeah. Uh, playing on older machines. I mean, I'm talking older. I'm talking your EMs tables from oh yeah, you know the 60s and earlier, if not that. Uh, I was my last league night. There was. A large amount of EMs. Let's put it of the six tables I played in the tournament, five of them were EMs. <laughs> right. That's and a lot. It is a lot. Uh, and they are mean. <laughs> They're mean and they smell as well, in a nice way, but they smell. So, the question that I realized, because all these tables, they weren't, um, they weren't fixed up in the least. I mean, you know, there's a they lot were... of... There are a lot of peeling paint on these, and 
they functioned, but I wouldn't say they necessarily functioned well. Um, so they were players' uh, condition, as you would say, if you were selling exactly. something. Exactly. Yes, you know they did have condition. they had new rubber on them, and it wasn't like there was any dead flippers or uh, uh, dead slingshots. But you could also tell that they weren't in pristine prime, you know, condition either. But it made me think: Have I ever played on a pristine EM? And my resounding answer is no, except for. I I have played on a Wonelli, which oh, yeah, which is not really an EM. If, no, but I mean it's designed and laid out like an EM. Yes, so it's a shot game. Yeah, it's so both. I mean, I you can say okay, this would be what it's like to play on a brand new EM in terms of having full strength and full power and you know a perfectly smooth play field. Um, kind of is kind of is it though? What I've heard from exactly. people that have been playing on EM, like um, Wonelli, is that it's still got solid state flippers. So yes. you've you've still got you know I mean it's been driven by the stern spike board underneath the the playfield there yeah so you've got these really strong um, uh, solid state flippers and they just they behave nothing like an EM's um, you know directly powered you know arcing sparking stinking flippers <laughs> well which they, they are they stink you know you they, they miss that uh, like and and if you're holding the ball and you hear the hum they say. Oh, and you yeah. start getting worried that, oh, no, I'm going to break the machine if I hold this too long. <laughs> yeah. The poor little relay down the bottom inside the um, the machine just going, could you just let me go? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, around really, for like 80 years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 60 years. I'm getting old. I need to be retired. <laughs> but it did make me think that um, I wonder what these would play like if they were... You know, completely reshopped. Well, I think they play pretty amazingly. They're, when I went to Pacific Pinball Museum last April, I got treated to the whole EM room there at that place. Yeah. And, um, um, and it's, uh, there, there were some machines that, for me, they, they seem to be working pretty well. Like You could actually get the ball and hit targets well and everything. And they're, they're nice to play when they're working well. They're a completely different game to um, an, even an early solid state. Um, machine, but it's yeah. There's something about them, um, like we keep saying. You know, with the there's a bit of charm lost with um, uh, TPA and the way that they they seem to be running with solid state flippers on EMs yeah. at the moment, as far as strength goes. It would yeah. be wonderful if Norman or one of the other Norman probably could be able to capture that sound that the mm-hmm. flippers make and and decrease the strength by well, I don't know about half. Um, and make you know make shooting targets on uh, Central Park really tricky, and decrease the strength of the pop bumpers and stuff, so that you don't actually get balls careening over the um, the table like they've got massive solid state slingshots and stuff. Yeah, it, it changes. Well, I mean, they I just can, bump. I can, I can tell you the games that I played, and uh, uh, for those that know them, know them, and for those that don't, they can IMDb or not IMDb, uh, <laughs> Internet Pinball Database. In. Um, so I played this game called Big Deal, and this is this is you know when people talk about well why don't we get more EMs and everything, this to me is the prime example of why EMs aren't popular. So this thing is called Big Deal. The black glass is all cards, right? So you're thinking, oh yep. cool, gambling game. On the playfield, there wasn't a single card to be seen. There was not a single gambling element to be seen. <laughs> it looked like every other EM. <laughs> it was like, yep. 
wow, way to use the theme. Woohoo! <laughs> um, this is the thing, though. Like back in that day, EMs they were producing so many tables yeah. each each year that all they were doing was changing the back glass and mm-hmm. and Pretty just much. retheming. You know. So um, so I played big deal. I took third on that one. Then I played C Ray. Uh, I took first in that one, and I took it by a large margin. Go figure. Um, yep. And this is the other thing that comes out with playing EMs. Nobody has a clue what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's you, just you, as bewildered as everybody else. Pretty much the only thing that, that everybody agrees on, it's get the ball back up the play field as high as you possibly can. <laughs> and hope to hit something. And hope to hit something. Because how bonuses work, how uh, score progression works, it's just like, huh? No idea. And you want to talk about hungry outlanes. The outlanes oh, are boy. about twice as wide as the ball. Oh, yeah. There's and, no yeah, bouncing that's... and hoping it comes back out. It's If it's heading over there, it's going in. There, there's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts. And the thing is, you can't slide save a um, <laughs> an EM no. because it'll just it'll just tilt your game. Because I think well, with and the that's EMs, it. when it tilts, it kills your entire game. It's not killing the yeah, ball. It it's not game. your ball. It's your game. So yeah. very very gentle nudging, not tilting. Yeah. Otherwise, you can have a bad time. Um, then I played uh, Time Zone, which uh, I know actually scored well in the uh, EM poll. Uh, oh right, that was done. Um, and I took second on that one, and then I played a game called Cleopatra, which is an EM, but isn't. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it's kind of like Genie, uh, and it was oh, a godless also. Um, so so it was one of their very, very first um, solid states. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's the that's the the game that I watched our uh, our top ten player go three house balls in a row, and we were just endlessly laughing at him. And he's one of these very serious players. Yep. Who, you know, the the string of cuss words and beratement that he can issue at a pinball machine is astounding, <laughs> and which just made imagine. us laugh even harder. Um, yep. So uh, watching him take fourth place on it was kind of rather amusing. <laughs> um, yeah. And right. then I got dropped on to F fourteen Tomcat. Which so would have been a, fresh, a breath of fresh air. <laughs> well, a breath of fresh air, except for the thing is, you go from a very slow EM, and that's the other thing. The ball moves terribly slow on these things. Yeah. To going to F14, which is you know pretty much known as one of the fastest pins out there. <laughs> yeah. It's quick. Go figure, I rocked it. <laughs> yeah. I killed that machine and took first handily. I was like, yes. I was very stoked. Do you about think that. it was because you were focusing on like shots in the EMs rather than actually, you know, the normal things you would normally take for granted in um, a uh, solid state? Because it's all like EMs are all about shots. Um, so yes, but I honestly think I have an innate understanding of System Eleven games. I know uh, where to put the shot. And so I just knew, oh, shoot this a couple of times and good things are going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas yep. an EM, I never know where the good thing is going to happen, if it's going to ever happen at all. And right. on <laughs> Tomcat, I wound up getting multi-ball on my, I think my, I might have gotten it on my first ball. I don't think I did. I think it was on the second ball that I got multi-ball going. And once it was going, I was able to keep it alive. And that was the key, mm-hmm. keeping it alive. Um, yeah. But then for our... <laughs> talk about put-up-or-shut-up games. So for our put-up-or-shut-up game, we played a game called Tucson. Tucson, Tucson. is from, I believe, 1943. Right. It's wow. flippers 
are the little tiny short ones, the you know the inch and a half, two inches or whatever, and they flip out, not in. Oh, and there okay. is no, and there is no left or right in terms. Of, they both flip at the same time, no matter which side you push, and they're not right next to each other. They're spread out with basically a whole bunch of drops below it. So once your ball stops bouncing around on the top section where there's pop bumpers, once it drops below the pop bumpers, it was basically impossible to get the ball back up there, and that's where all the scoring was. Right. And then it just became a game of Plinko, <laughs> where oh. you're hoping the ball drops in the proper spot, and the flipper was basically good enough to just kind of redirect it if it came right. near. I, and I, I kid you not, it's one of those situations where it was count yourself lucky if the ball even came close to your flipper because odds are it wasn't even <laughs> going to. Um, yeah, right. You know, this would so be the effect of the gambling game. You know? yeah. <laughs> Roger Sturdy so would not like, have done good on this. <laughs> to me, it sounds like they were just coming out of the you know the pin game era into the pinball era. So yes. from you know, what they call, yes. like, what they incorrectly call bagatelle into yeah. pinball. And um, this was sort of like their entry into it. Hey, look, we'll put these things called flippers on and yeah. we'll see what happens. You know? uh, so like I said, that, that wound up being my put up or shut up game, <laughs> which unfortunately wow. I had to shut up because I took four. Shut up. I, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I knew I was doomed from the start. I was like, Oh man. Um, that being said, I did really well in the tournament. I jumped 10 points. Um, I went oh. from th- 36th place on the season to 26th place on the season. That's pretty good. For an I EM had a bit of a win. Go figure. I had a bit of a win in my real tournament as well, um, of which the next one is tonight, uh, as we record this not podcast, not live. Um, and uh, I somehow, through a, <laughs> a pure miracle, um, managed to get sixth place out of 30 players. Wow! Um, in that tournament, I got That's a, I got a colossal score on the Dutter East Tommy pinball. Something like six hundred million on that, which is incredibly high. Okay. Um, and um, they just bought in a um, a brighter pinbot that had been recently shopped. I gave the operators some tips about how to actually get the flipper strength up on it, because yeah. um, all the cabinet switches were heavily pitted and they weren't transferring the power. Because, mm. of course, brighter pinbots say pre-Fliptronics uh, pinballs, so yes. all the power was routed through the cabinet switches. Um, so I managed to get sixth out of this tournament. I don't know how I'm going to go tonight, but I think it was a combination <laughs> of the, um, the just the right amount of beer and just the right amount, I don't give a crap. <laughs> and I think that actually helped me win. So I'm going to try and replicate that again tonight for great I was justice. Say, if, if only that was measurable. <laughs> yeah, if only it was. Yeah. There's actually a, another place that's opened up recently, um, sort of in my area. I'd have to go over a, a little way to get there. It's over in a suburb called Morningside here in Brisbane. Um, it's got a really cool name. Uh, it's Death Valley. Death Valley Records and Tapas. And um, my mate who runs um, um, All Pinball over at Morningside has got a couple of machines in there. He's got a brand new um uh, Avengers um, pin in there. It's the LE, I think, which is I've never played in my life. I've got to get over okay. there and give that a go. He's got a Walking Dead Pro, but he's got some um, mirror blades on it and a couple of other mods as well that make it look pretty slick. And he's got just for the um, the vintage lovers, he's got an Adams family in pretty good condition there too. So nice. 
Um, good good excuses to go over there, have a couple of craft beers and play some pinball, I think. I think I nice. should stop talking about it and go and do it. Yeah, something of that nature. Uh, it would, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the time here and I'm going, my God, the two of us filled up an entire podcast virtually. That's, but we're not done yet. No, we're not. We're not done yet. <laughs> what do we need to do now? Because <laughs> there is one thing that we have to talk about. Mad freaking Max. Oh, yeah. I thought this was going to come up. <laughs> it has to come up because I cannot stop talking about it. My wife is sickened to death of me even mentioning it. Um, it is absolutely astounding. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I, in my anticipation of the movie as it was uh, building up, I thought, oh, yeah, this will be cool. I'll go you know, sometime on you know, Friday when it opens up. And then I got on Facebook, somebody had posted a fake commercial for, <laughs> do you know what Power Wheels are? It's the little kids' um, uh, uh, vehicles, you know, battery-operated vehicles. Okay. Um, you know, they go all of like two miles an hour, uh, typically made by Fisher-Price. Um, okay. You know, they, you know, they can go over the grass, and that's about the extent of the train that they can handle and stuff. But, you know, little kids absolutely love them. Well, yeah. somebody had made a fake commercial for, uh, what do they call them? Did they call them Road Warrior Power Wheels or whatever? And they basically <laughs> turned the Power Wheels into what looked like Road Warrior vehicles. And they had the kids dressed up in the, you know, the shoulder pads and the war paint and everything. And they're staying by their cars, and all of a sudden this little girl goes, get his fuel <laughs> and they hop in and they're doing this two mile an hour chase down the sidewalk and then like one of them it. it was awesome and that little clip that little clip was like on Wednesday and I was like I need to see this movie now I cannot wait so I look up and sure enough they're doing preview showings on Thursday Thursday night I'm like I am going okay. I don't care I'm there and so I went and saw it on Thursday night and then as soon as I got home, went straight to Facebook and Twitter, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know, just like I'm totally going to go and see it. And, 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 and everybody that was, you know, had previously been like, you know, giving me likes and everything for whenever I'd post one of the trailers, they were just like, okay, so it's good you're saying it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> they go, and then, so good, yeah. You go, ah. <laughs> and, then, and then I had a, a buddy of mine who I hadn't talked to in a long time. And he started trolling me about the movie because, you know, saying that, ah, oh, the trailer looks like crap. And I thought he was just having a go at me because I thought it was, you know, this brilliant trailer and everything. And I, yeah. and so I was kind of playing along. And at that point uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, I think of the 95 critics that had reviewed it, uh, 94 had given it a fresh rating and only one hadn't. <laughs> and so I was saying, oh yeah, those 94 critics. And he's like, Oh well, you know Rotten Tomatoes is owned by a studio now, so you can't trust it. And I'm like, what? They paid off every single critic. Now I think there's 205 reviews, and 201 of them are positive. So <laughs> the movie. Well, um, yeah. I've heard nothing and, but praise for it on Twitter for the people I follow. They said, "Yeah, well, we you know really what? See it. You know what? The impressive thing most about it is is that I mean, for me at least, it's a couple of things. The first thing is it is beautifully photographed. It is just a gorgeous movie to look at. Um, the color palette, for being in the middle of the desert, there actually is a color palette, and it looks yeah. fantastic. Um, there's not a sign of shaky cam anywhere. 
Yep. This is this is how action movies used to be shot. <laughs> yes. You know, where there was yeah. true geography, you understood where your actors were, where the villain was, where the danger was coming from, and you know, it wasn't all in these giant tight close-ups that you have no clue what's going on. You see everything. I mean, you know where it's coming from, what's happening, and it's just such a breath of fresh air to see an action sequence shot like that. I, th- I think I've got a um an indication of just the quality and the care that the director who was the director for this Jordan, yeah, it was the same yeah. Go on, it's, it's one of your mates yeah yeah i know <laughs> i haven't met him you might be surprised we don't have you know seven degrees of separation from famous people in australia here <laughs> but um the the thing that struck me from the trailer is even as it opens the it was the old warner brothers logo oh yeah uh, it, it you know the the red and black Warner Brothers logo that would have featured in the um, the movies back in the seventies. He even and, brought and you know that what? back in. The the logo that's in the trailer isn't the logo that's in the movie, and the logo that's in the movie kicks that mo- that logo's butt. I mean, it, it, it's just like from the minute it started, I just like went, I'm happy. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm in for a good ride here. <laughs> um, and and all I can say is. Go see it in the loudest theater you can find, and preferably on the biggest yep. screen you can find. The one negative yep. that I did, I went and saw it in 3D. Oh, and not good in 3D. I, no, I'm not saying it's no good in 3D, um, because thank God George Miller actually knows how to frame a shot for 3D and understands yep. that you don't edit every three seconds in a 3D movie. You let the yes. audience's eyes actually adjust and figure out. Um, he understands spacing so that yep. you get that sense of depth. Um, that being said, the 3D didn't necessarily enhance the movie or, or yep. add to the movie. It wasn't like watching Gravity where I saw that in 3D and it felt like a must. And then when I watched it on TV, I was like, wow, it lost a lot not being in 3D. Oh, right. um, I don't think that's at all going to be an issue with this one. The problem that I have with the 3D is the very nature of it being 3D. They can't put it on a big screen because they don't have enough projection light. Oh, okay. So you so any theater, unless you go see it in one of these IMAX like theaters, yeah. which I call IMAX because they're not true, but uh, <laughs> um, unless you see it on IMAX screen you're in, and you're seeing it in 3D, it's not going to be in that large of a screen. It's going to be one of your smaller theaters. So I need to go oh, back okay. and watch it in a ginormous screen. Like Sense Stadium. We have these things called Sense Stadium cinemas over here, which are like mm-hmm. massive, massive theaters. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend that. Oh, yeah, I have to go and see if I can get, take along uh, Kim to that one, my wife. And, 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 here's the, and, and see, for all the people that would say that, oh, the wife isn't going to enjoy it or whatever, if your wife enjoys, say, you know, girls kicking butt, if you know, yep. Run Lola Run was a movie that they liked, if Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a TV show that they liked, if, you and know... Dig this movie. Exactly, because it's 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 not chicks in peril, it's Chicks that happen to be in danger, but can take care of themselves too. Um, yeah, and I know that's what um, a lot of people have said on Twitter. It's, like, it's so refreshing to see that actually being portrayed, um, and women portrayed on screen like that. Yeah. it's so sort of rare these days to see that. And you know, it's it's, awesome. it's funny too because for as simple of a story that it is, mm. it's got some themes in it that are rather complex, and I think that's why people are still talking about the movie. It's you know because it's it's raising these themes that. The movie basically hints at and kind of says exist, but it's the very thing that sticks with you after the fact. And so right. what I've found interesting is on top of the 
all the feminism issues that people have been bringing up and saying, oh, look at how it's you know, celebrating this. And I'm like, it's not even necessarily celebrating it. It's just showing that it's, it's celebrating it as much as Ripley was celebrated in Aliens. Right. Right? It's, cool. You wouldn't call that a feminist movie, but it's, the, no. it's a strong woman in the part, and she's not being treated like a manly version of a woman. It's, this is a woman at the peak of her power. Um, yes. You know, that's, it, that's really, that makes really good cinema. It's refreshing, and it makes really good cinema. Right. The other thing that I found as an interesting issue that nobody's bringing up, and maybe I'm the only one that's uh, thinking about it, but in today's climate with uh, ISIL or ISIS, however you want to call it, and the, yeah. the radical nature of their belief on religion, which is, as far as I've, a couple of the articles that I've read, where it's, uh, you've got this head of it called the Caliphate, and he's calling everybody to the one true version of the religion, and it's wipe out everything else, and all the soldiers that come into your, your, your men that come into this, their whole purpose is basically to die a glorious death. It's not yes. to try and live as long as you can. It's, no, you want to die and go meet your maker, essentially. And it's yeah. really hard to, how do you battle something like that? You know, when yeah. everybody else is valuing their life and these people are worse, you know, they make the Japanese kamikazes look like pussies. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so in this movie, you've got Immortan Joe, who's basically the caliphate of this community. And you've got these, they call them the war boys. These are all the, the guys that are in the white skin driving, chasing. And their yeah. whole purpose is to die a glorious death. And I went, oh my God, it's like a total analogy to, I mean, granted, when they started filming this movie, ISIL didn't even exist. Yeah. <laughs> or or no, you know, not that we knew it. Um, but I went, wow, it's kind How of interesting. It's kind of a, a weird parallel. And then to have a character kind of awaken and go, hey, wait a second, maybe there is something more to live for than this, you know? Um mm. So I haven't seen anybody mention that, but like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot that you can draw out of the movie. I can't wait to go see it again. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think it's a kick in the nuts to any other action director out there that does practice the shaky cam moves and go, yeah. "Hey, stop your game." Um, I also wow. think because I saw um, Avengers: Age of Ultron, mm. and my problem with a lot of the superhero movies, I, I enjoy them and I think they're fun to watch. But they are pretty much just a cartoon. I mean, they're yeah. they're so heavily CG'd that you don't even know when it's a real actor. You pretty much assume that it's not a real actor throughout the thing. And this movie was so refreshing because instead it was, can you spot the CG? You know, we know that it's in there. We know that it's you know doing wire removals or harness removals or things like that. But yeah. it's the real. But it's people. not making it's the, the movie. That, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's, it's, it's not actually the movie. No, it's and the vehicles, up. The, the vehicles that are flying through the air and, and everything, that's happening. You know, it's... Yeah. <laughs> they're not faking it. So that was really, really uh, not only refreshing, but to me, it amps up the tension. It amps up... It makes you really go wow when you see something happen. And there's a lot yeah. of wow moments in it. So... Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Definitely sounds like something we should all go and see. Yes, I, I expect... Uh, uh, Nothing but uh, comments and reviews the next time that we come back for podcast number 19. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like it's my mission. I must go and see it before we next meet. 
Which, speaking of which, have we got anything else to talk about? Uh, you know, I think beyond that, we don't really. Uh, we've, we've managed to fill up the time. I think we've talked more than enough. <laughs> I think our audience would agree. So yeah. with, with that, I want to say thank you to Jared Morris for being with us today. I want to You're say welcome. get better soon to Jeff Strong and to Bonzo. To Sean Dunn Carlos, quit working so hard. You're going to kill yourself. Come enjoy <laughs> the wonders of the podcast, won't you? <laughs> your, your spot for Litz has not been taken off you. You're welcome back. Come <laughs> and tell us about in-depth things about um, uh, tables. Because um, <laughs> we, we need we, to know. And we miss mocking you. Um, so you may... <laughs> Please, please follow the Blockade podcast on Twitter at Blockade. You may sh- follow myself at Shut Your Traps and Jared at Jared Morgs. We do post regularly, um, and uh, it's a good time to follow. Uh, we keep you updated on the tournaments and tables of the week. Um, so, uh, by all means, check us out, like us. Uh, well, you can't like us. You can just follow us. We don't have a Facebook page. Not follow us. We don't need not, to be not, not going there yet. Yeah, we, we, we know we're we don't need to be liked. <laughs> yeah, we can be well, liked. <laughs> we're under the delusion that we might be. So we'll just run with that. <laughs> all righty. With that, we shall uh, wish you all a good time and see you next time on the Blockade Podcast. <laughs>